There's no excuse for what's going on, okay? I'm not going to be as polite as everyone else. And that music can only mean one thing. The Delaware Valley Journal podcast is on the air. I am Michael Graham with Inside Sources. With us, as always, is the editor of the Delaware Valley Journal, Todd Shepard. Todd, greetings. Greetings, Michael. Follow us at DV underscore journal on Twitter. All of you, please. Yes, and please, somebody calm that state senator down. Can you please tell us what Senator Dineman was so grumpy about in that uh, audio cut? Well, he's grumpy about how the State Department of Health has handled the nursing home issue. And I think what's key there, Michael, is that cut came from a hearing back on May 6th. But that, that it's all come about because we're learning more about nursing homes every day and, and how the state really may not have stepped up when they were supposed to. Now, people who are reading the Delaware Valley Journal every day, as you all should be, know about this ongoing two-track problem. One is the horror of the loss of life at nursing homes across the Commonwealth and in the Delaware Valley. And then... The impact of those numbers on the inability of the southeastern part of the state to move up from red to yellow and start getting businesses open up. So very briefly, Todd, kind of bring us up to speed on those two tracks. Well, at least as we're talking about the moving from red to yellow, previously we had Delaware County and Bucks County saying we think some of these metrics aren't they're, they're not great metrics. And as long as we are beholden to these metrics, it's going to take us many months to, to be able to progress to yellow. It was interesting because this week, Chester County finally joined in the fray. So you have three of the four Delaware Valley, you know, collar counties now saying the metrics are wrong and, and we just will never make it there if you keep it up. And to, uh, let me interrupt because by metrics, what you mean is the popu- the, the, the loss of life and the hospitalizations in the nursing homes skews the numbers so that, you know, if you could take the numbers from outside the nursing homes, the counties would be in much better shape. But the numbers from inside the nursing home keep them below the threshold that Governor Wolf has set. Exactly. And then, of course, the state this week released the long-awaited nursing home data where they actually detailed how many infections, uh, how many workers, and how many deaths not just by county. We've always had that data by county, but they released it on a nursing home by nursing home basis. And this allowed people to really see uh, which homes were having a lot of problems. And and there were other homes that did extremely well. And and so now people are sort of wondering who who was able to see what was going on and and react differently to actually save lives and and to also uh, maybe keep keep people doing what they were doing or, or, you know, living their lives in a better way because they were tackling the nursing home crisis and and not just trying to shut down society at large. And so you have these three counties that now, as of the 2018 elections, have Democratic, you know, uh, governments turning on a Democratic governor over these issues. Is there some partisan infighting going on? See, I I appreciate the question, uh, and I, I think what they're doing is it's not really partisan infighting. They are, first of all, they're being very deferential to the governor when they make these requests. Um, they'll, they'll, the, it's often done in a letter, and the first paragraph will say, Governor, we appreciate the hard work you've done, and we admire how uh, how strong you've been through this crisis. I think they really believe that their counties are able to reopen, and I think they believe 
that the governor ought to trust them more because they are on the same team. Uh, I think if you took any one of these counties and they were uh, Republican controlled, it would be easier for the media or it'd be easier for others to say, well, of course, the governor's uh, he, he can dismiss this because it's just a partisan ploy to make him look bad. In this case, I think these Democrat-controlled county commissioners, they really believe that their requests ought to be taken on higher credit simply because they are Democrat. Well, one person who's not a Democrat is House Speaker Mike Terzai, who uh, talked this week about the uh, issues uh, for southeastern Pennsylvania, and he seemed to be on the same side as uh, Bucks and Delaware County. Well, and of course, he's talking about southeast Pennsylvania specifically because that's virtually all who's left in the red, right? So House Speaker Mike Terzai on talk radio earlier this week talking to Chris DeGaulle, 990 AM, he says, quote, the reality is there's a significant part of the population that aren't at risk for hospitalization or death, and we need to focus in on these senior settings and should have been focusing in on these senior settings, or settings, excuse me. And then later he says about the governor's plan for reopening, I would just say that the metrics he's using are not that relevant, and he has not adhered to his metrics. It's interesting that the debate that's happening across the country is so centered now on the Delaware Valley and southeast of Pennsylvania because areas are either being allowed to reopen or, let's face it, out in some of the rural parts, uh, Todd, they just started reopening whatever the governor did. And you see this across the country where you have states that have almost no deaths outside of nursing homes and virtually no deaths among the population that's under the age of 60. And so you do have a bifurcated society. One society where really it appears based on the data we have now, they could do whatever they wanted and there would not be a, a, a challenge to the health system as long as you segregated older people and in particular people who are in these nursing home facilities. Well, Michael, there, you mentioned the rural-urban divide across America, but there's even the rural-urban divide within some of these counties. For example, this week, uh, it was a big story all over, just that uh, the mayor of Pennsburg was ready to open up that specific borough. Uh, but of course, this is in a very rural part of Montgomery County, as you get further away from Philadelphia. And I think they've had something like three confirmed cases. So even within Montgomery County, there's the issue that the further east you go and the further south you go, uh, that's where the majority of those cases are concentrated, and that there are areas on the extreme uh, you know, western part of the county uh, that are, are almost unaffected, just as you say, and they may not even have any of these long-term care facilities. Right, and it, uh, it, the, the disparity is great, and there's a piece up at Delaware Valley Journal right now about how public health experts around the country are saying it's time for the broad society-based lockdown to end. It was sold to the public as flatten the curve, and now it's gone on to this new level of stop the spread. And until there's a vaccine, there is no way you can stop the spread. And uh, Dr. Uh, Nabarro, who's the World Health Organization Special Envoy on coronavirus, said the virus is here to stay. It will be a constant threat to us, and so that certainly puts the uh, conversation about how much longer the lockdown can do any good in a different uh, perspective. The broader debate 
uh, about how Pennsylvania has handled the issue. No surprise, Todd, has ended up at the feet of the state's top health official, Rachel Levine. Tell us what unfolded in the saga of (laughs) Rachel Levine and the Republicans this week in Pennsylvania. Everything with Rachel Levine occurs against the backdrop of this this admission from her that she moved her elderly mother, uh, I think she's aged 95, moved her out of a long-term care facility and into a motel. So that's the backdrop. Uh, Monday, you Okay, let me just stop you right there. The mom, apparently, based on what Rachel Levine said, was practically in the car driving herself. Rachel had no impact. She's got her own mind. She did her own thing. I I have the scene of Dr. Levine running down the street going, Mom, Mom, slow down. I'll take you to the hotel. At least that's how she's presented it anyway. And that has been, yes, her explanation as for why the move occurred was because mom is still completely her own person and she whatever mom wants to do mom does right and she asked us to move out of the nursing home so we as good children complied Uh, you know people can decide on their own about that story but uh, you have a representative representative diamond who introduced a resolution on late monday that basically said we are going to ask for her uh, resignation. Uh, You already had uh, Doug Mastriano saying he wanted her to resign. Once this came out, we polled as many people as we could, uh, representatives, because that's where the resolution was originating. And we broke some news because Representative Marcy Topol from Montgomery County, uh, she got back to us and she said, Levine failed to implement plans designed to protect our most vulnerable seniors. And so basically said, it is time for the governor to replace the secretary with someone who can more successfully lead the state in responding to this health crisis. So she added, I mean, pretty way out in front of the game, she added her name to the list. And so we broke some news there. Uh, But is there any actual possibility that Governor Wolf is going to make a change? Uh, Gosh, that's that's a tough question. But I I certainly think if if there's more that can be learned about what the state maybe didn't do in the early days of the crisis, not the earliest, the March days, because everybody knows that everyone was just trying to get a grips with what was going on. But I think in April in particular, what did the state department of health do? What did they not do? Uh, and really that's what we started to dig into with our story as we got into Montgomery County and the County chairwoman of Valerie Arkush, a doctor, by the way. So what happened in Montgomery County with Dr. Arkush, Todd? You have to rewind just a little bit, Michael, go back to a May 6th hearing. She testifies before a state Democrat policy committee And on two different occasions, she says, we assumed that the State Department of Health was going to step in and take care of this situation. And it was pretty obvious that twice the State Department of Health didn't really do that. So this week I had the opportunity to join a news conference. I asked Dr. Arkush about that. On May 6th, you spoke to the Democrat Senate Policy Committee and you talked about the county's growing awareness that nursing homes were a crisis point. And twice you talked about you assumed that the Department of Health would take care of a certain situation, and twice those expectations weren't met. Was it wrong for Montgomery County to have made the assumptions, or were the assumptions more or less correct, but the Department of Health failed to rise and meet the situation? Well, 
the situation that we found ourselves in with this pandemic is, uh, as you know, a very rapidly evolving situation and continues to be rapidly evolving. Uh, going into this pandemic, we were well aware through our Office of Public Health that the Pennsylvania Department of Health is the licensing and regulatory agency for about 70 long-term care facilities here in Montgomery County. And we did assume in our initial planning that the Pennsylvania Department of Health would be the primary entity that would respond to unmet, unmet needs in those facilities. Uh, as, as the weeks went by and uh, the situation began to escalate, uh, we, did, it, we did come to understand in conversations with the Pennsylvania Department of Health that uh, their capacity at that moment was going to be limited to being able to do phone consultations. Uh, they did help provide personal protective equipment to the county. Uh, which we ended up helping and uh, happily so to distribute, but they they were not going to be able to provide any on site teams and in some of our facilities, it had become apparent to us that we thought they needed some help, you know, hands on help in the facility. And so it was at that point that the county formed our FAST teams, which are teams of two that have been making visits to um, many of our facilities at this point. I think they've made a total of about 77 visits, providing guidance and other things, as you heard me describe earlier. Great question. Not so sure it was a terrific answer. So what should the worried people, the family members of folks in nursing homes, et cetera, take away from the DOH versus county response? I think Dr. Arkush, when she has talked about the way the county handled it versus the state, she's made a good case that the responsibility lay with the state. Um, so those people, those citizens that you just talked about, Michael, I think they should be asking tough, tough questions of Dr. Levine, and they should be demanding that their local representatives and that their local county commissioners continue to ask more of how the Department of Health handled this situation. That really does appear where the responsibility was all centered and that's where the tough questions deserve to go. We don't have all of those answers yet. We'll be working on those as much as we can at Delaware Valley Journal. But just in case someone thinks, well, maybe we're being too hard on Dr. Valerie Arkush and, and her assessment of the situation, from the same May 6th hearing, here's what state senator and a Democrat, Andrew Deniman, said. And keep in mind, Deniman's from next door in Chester County. Listen. Uh, there's no excuse for what's going on, okay? I'm not gonna be as polite as everyone else. And I hope the rest of the panel, when the second panel comes, I'll explain it. The Department of Health has failed our nursing homes. Todd, he doesn't sound happy. He pulled no punches. <laughs> um, that's, uh, that's the sort of straight talk that people said they liked from Donald Trump, right? Mm -hmm. um, that is very direct language and that is an amazingly precise uh, summation of the situation from Do uh, from Senator Deniman's point of view. And uh, thank you for the concise uh, analysis of the situation in the Delaware Valley at Delaware Valley Journal, Todd. Uh, one thing I want to mention to uh, everyone is if you stop by DelawareValleyJournal.com, you'll see several pieces about Memorial Day, including a fun quiz to test your knowledge of the Memorial Day commemoration. Uh, Todd Shepard, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. We appreciate your time. 
Hey, thanks. And to all of our listeners in the Delaware Valley, if you have story tips, please email me at Todd at InsideSources.com. He's Todd Shepard for Inside Sources. I am Michael Graham. Thanks for listening. Thank you.